0: Chapter Ten of *The Quest of the Golden Pearl*. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Gloria Begemann, Somerville, South Carolina. *The Quest of the Golden Pearl* by john robert hutchinson chapter ten in which the old saw out of the frying pan into the fire is reversed with startling effect back he ran battling with the flames and sparks that rolled in volumes up the hillside until half stifled and well nigh fainting from the heat he was forced to turn and flee for his life before the swiftly advancing flames whether puggles terrified by the close proximity of the fire had hung back at the last moment or whether he had attempted to follow his master and paid for his devotion with his life heaven alone knew poor chap gasped Don, as he stumbled free of the smoke and turned for a last look at the fiery veil so suddenly drawn over his faithful servant's fate god help him the rapid advance of the fire however allowed little time for the indulgence of emotion the long rainless months had scorched the face of the hill until the thick-set bamboo copse was as dry as timber inflammable as shavings the wind and the steepness of the hillside too proved powerful allies of the flames on and up they swept leaping from point to point with such rapidity that Don found it necessary to strain every nerve to avoid being overtaken by the greedy holocaust glad indeed was he when the scene of his recent adventure passed he at length emerged upon the comparatively open ground abreast of the encampment stumping uneasily to and fro abaft the forecastle with bosun perched contentedly upon his shoulder was the old sailor the jerky creak creak of his wooden leg showing him to be in an unusually disturbed state of mind right glad i am to clap eyes on you lad he sang out cheerily on catching sight of the returned wanderer and where are master jack and the little nigger i axes the captain paused abruptly both in his walk and speech for the pained look on Don's blackened but ghastly face told him at a glance that something more than ordinary was amiss slowly setting down the lantern which he had all along retained in his grasp most fortunately as it turned out Don threw himself on the trampled grass and as rapidly as his shortness of breath would permit summoned up the disastrous results of his village expedition in open-mouthed silence as was his wont the old sailor listened but when he learned of the dark uncertainty that overhung the fate of jack and puggles he hastily brushed aside a tear that straggled down his weather-beaten cheek and in a voice husky with emotion burst into one of his characteristic snatches of song Why what's that to you if my eyes i'm a weepin', a tear is a pleasure do you see in its way tis nonsense for trifles i own to be peepin', but they is hain't pilly why i pities they and having delivered himself of this sailorly apology for his weakness he added in his usual voice blow me as the speaking trumpet says to the skipper if ever i heard any yarn as beats this un lad how some divver, when the ships a sinkin peepin your eye ain't a going to stop the leak do you mind me and so just to bear away on the off-tack a bit. What do you make of this here conflagration, I axes? I can tell you better when it came jolly near making of me, Captain, and that's cinders. But what do you make of it? And by the way, what were those shots for? You don't think there's any danger here, do you? I, replied the Captain with an emphatic tug at his neckerchief that i does lad and why you naturally axes because do you mind me the hills ablaze from stem to stern blow me if it baint how from ever leading the way towards a jagged remnant of walls that stood out in ghostly solitude amid the ruins go aloft and cast an eye out to leard lad the captain's ominous words prepared don for an unpleasant surprise yet when he had scaled the pile of masonry an involuntary cry of alarm broke from him good heavens captain we're surrounded by fire right lad and the conflagration's getting uncommon clost under our weather bow, says you. An hour back, d'ye see, I sets the first on 'em alongside of the path below, and fires the gun to signal ye to put about. And then, flush my scuppers, what does I see but a whole circle of conflagrations, as it may be, a cable's length apart, clean round the hill, lad? and so i fires the second wally this is the work of those cowardly niggers said don clenching his fists they daren't come here to fight us so they mean to scorch us out the weary, identical words as i says to myself when first i sights the fires lad rejoined the captain and a purty lot of tobacco it cost me afore i overhaul the idee says you it's likely to cost us more than a few pipes of tobacco i'm afraid captain said don uneasily leaping down from his post of observation the fire's close upon us and once this grass catches why good-bye to the stores i say where's spotty belay there chuckled the captain who somehow seemed remarkably cheerful considering the gravity of the situation where away's the nigger you axes why do you mind me lad this ere old hulk ain't been a lyin on her beam ends all this time not by a long chop the niggers with the stores d'ye see and stow my cargo where should the stores be but safe and snug under hatches. With that he seized his perplexed companion by the arm, skirted the dilapidated wall, and presently halted on the very brink of a black chasm that yawned to the stars close under its rear. Little else was to be seen, for the wall cut off the light of both the fire and the moon from the depths of the cavity proceeded a sound suspiciously like snoring the captain indulged in another chuckle and then shaping his hands into a sort of speaking trumpet he bent over the hole and shouted loudly for spotty the snoring suddenly ceased and in half a minute or so up the black tumbled rubbing his eyes the captain bade him fetch the lantern adding strict injunctions that he should replenish the store of oil before lighting it and now lad let's go below said he when spotty had fulfilled his mission so down they went the captain leading first came a dozen or more moss-grown steps littered with blocks of stone which ages before perhaps had fallen and found a resting-place here at the foot of the steps there opened out a subterranean passage of height sufficient to admit of dawn's standing erect in it with ease upon the floor lay the stores beyond these again all was blank darkness to all appearance, the passage extended far into the bowels of the hill. "'Blow me!' chuckled the captain, turning a triumphant gaze upon the massive walls. "'Electric lightning itself would never smell us out in such a tidy berth as this,' says you. "'It certainly is a snug spot,' assented Don, though I wish—' glancing round at their sadly depleted numbers i wish that jack and pug were as safe poor fellows cheer up me hearty as i says before there's a providence lad as sits up aloft to keep watch for the life of poor jack ay and the niggers too d'ye mind me lad rejoined the captain Blowing his nose loudly, so let's turn out and see what manner of headway the conflagration's making. Brief as was their absence from the glimpses of the moon, the fire had made alarming progress in the interval. Viewed from the center of the swiftly narrowing cordon of flame, the scene was awesome in the extreme the rear column of the invader advanced the more slowly of the two but even it was now within a stone's throw of that godsend the captain's tidy berth on the seaward side the flames had overlept the jungle's edge and seized with unsated greed upon the luxuriant grass that everywhere grew amid the ruins nearer still the dense parasitic growth upon the remnant of wall ignited by the dense clouds of sparks which the wind drove far ahead of the actual fire was blazing fiercely the heat was stifling the air choked with smoke and showers of glowing sparks unbreathable they retreated precipitately to the cooler shelter of the underground chamber even here the noise of the flames could be distinctly heard indeed they had been barely ten minutes below when the fiery sea rolled with a sullen roar over their heads the fierce heat driving them back from the entrance some hours must pass before it would be either safe or practicable to venture into the open air accordingly following the captain's example don made himself as comfortable for the night as circumstances permitted a quantity of dried grass which spotty had thoughtfully collected and deposited beside the stores afforded an excellent bed and soon the deep breathing of all three told that sleep too had made this long untenanted nook her refuge upwards of an hour had passed when a tremendous grinding crash shook the passage from roof to floor and brought dawn and the captain to their feet they had fallen asleep surrounded by a subdued glow of firelight they woke to find themselves in pitchy darkness bosun and the scarcely more courageous spotty began to whimper vast there the captain sang out at the ladder is this a time to begin a peeping of your eyes like a wench i axes belay that ye loverly swab and light the biddicle lamp till we takes our barons this order spotty obeyed with an alacrity which it is but due him to explain sprang rather from a dread of his master's heavy boot than from his fear of the dark in the light thus thrown on the situation the cause of the recent crash became only too apparent. So too did its effect. The ruined wall which overtopped their place of refuge had fallen, completely blocking the exit with huge stones, still glowing hot from the action of the fire. That my hatches, lad, ejaculated the old sailor as the full significance of the catastrophe flashed upon him we're prisoners says you End of chapter ten